A global pandemic forced us to close the labs and pause experiments. But for our lab, science has always been about building community. So today, we're chatting with fellow researchers about their experiences in lockdown. I'm Andrew Pelling, and you're listening to Quarantimes. Welcome back to Quarantimes, the show where I get to spin this net of stories living within my lab into a beautiful web. Today, I'm pumped to speak to Rana Rasuli, someone who shares my love for interdisciplinary science. Hi, Rana. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So what's your role with the lab and where are you at in school right now? Yeah, so I guess a little about myself. I'm just finished my third year of undergrad at UOttawa. I'm in biomed with a minor in music. And so my job at the lab has been, well, I worked last summer and this summer full-time just as a summer student. Yeah, and what projects were you pursuing during your time in the summer? So last summer, I was in charge of making a bioreactor. So basically what a bioreactor is, I think a lot of people have seen it for bacteria, but it's a 3D tank where tissue can grow. So rather than limiting its growth to just a 2D surface, you allow it to grow from every direction. So that's what I was making last summer. Bioreactors are super cool, especially with the new tissue engineering applications. And I hear you've been working on a new project, so can you tell us a bit about that? So a new project I've been working on, sort of thinking on the path of what I want to do for an honors project next year. I'm really interested in music and sound as not just the arts, but as a physical stimulus as well, because obviously... Um, sound is a physical wave and so it can affect its surroundings. So what I was really curious about and saw that there wasn't much research on is the effect of sound stimulus on tissue growth. Sound stimulus on tissue growth. What is that all about? So you know when you throw a rock in the water and it creates a series of waves and ripples? You can kind of force the same thing with music and sound. So if I put a speaker under a petri dish full of water and choose a certain frequency... I can create a standing wave that is very stable and very visible, kind of like those ripples. And so what I was thinking is if we grow tissue and keep that sound stimulus underneath, will we see those waves? Will we see that pattern in the tissue after we take it out of the dish? Um, And so that's what I've been able to replicate in the lab, at least on the water level, and I'm going forward with that. I'd love to see that. Even seeing how a dish of fibroblasts growing on a flat surface um how their structures would change because of the ripple due to the tone would be really cool. What inspired you to think of this project? Sort of what led me to thinking this project is, you know the saying like, oh, you can play music or sing for your plants to help them grow better? I was kind of thinking about that. And I was wondering like, would a plant grow differently if you played it like classical music versus heavy metal or rock? And that sort of led me on that train of thought. So I think like eventually I'd like to see the difference between different frequency patterns in different genres of music. I'd love to see that too, like how a Beethoven song would cause cells to grow versus like a Michael Jackson song. I know it's quarantine, but have you been able to work on this from home at all? Yeah, so I'm very lucky Andrew helped me work this out. I've acquired a bunch of speakers and some Petri dishes And I'm actually trying to do it with kombucha. So you know how kombucha makes the scoby on top? And basically that's just a layer of yeast and bacteria. Um, And it is very thick. So I think that if I was trying to see any visible waves or visible 
results, I'd be able to see it on this kombucha scoby that I would grow in a petri dish on speakers. So that's what's going on in my basement right now, and it is quite loud and annoying. I love kombucha. That's such a great way to get started at home. The scoby is really jiggly, and I like playing with it. Anyway, I know that you're part of a nonprofit organization with Cassidy called Pulsar Collective, and a huge event you guys were having got canceled because of the pandemic. So what was your role, and how did you deal with that? So I'm the co-director of programs for Pulsar, and basically my job was to plan the bulk of the gala and what was going on with it. And so the gala was supposed to happen a couple of days after the schools closed down, so right at the brim of quarantine. And honestly, it was pretty heartbreaking to have it be canceled so late in the game because I feel like I love planning events, but there's a lot of work that goes in before and the payoff is really during the event where you see everyone enjoying it, you see all your hard work, I guess, coming to fruition, and people are really gaining something out of your event, which is the whole point of Pulsar. And so to have it canceled right before that payoff phase was really heartbreaking. But I was lucky to have Cassidy around, and you know she reassured me that we still put a good groundwork in for next year, and that's comforting. So I hope that still next year, people will be able to benefit from the work that we did. I'm happy that you had Cassidy with you that knew exactly what you were going through um, to get through that. It's also really nice that we have genuine real friends in the lab to be there for us, you know, when an experiment goes wrong and an event gets canceled. That's so true. I feel like throughout my life, I've always had to separate, I guess, my science friends and my art friends. And so in most labs that I went into, I feel like those were my science friends and people I related on on one aspect of my personality. But I feel like at the Pelling Lab, all of us have that artsy side and that science side, and we sort of come with the same sort of mindset. So I feel like I've been able to make some really deep connections with you guys because we come with this really similar background and these really similar interests where I'm able to merge my love for science and art. Exactly. And while we're talking about how much we love our friends at the lab, do you enjoy working at the lab? Do I enjoy working at? I love working at the Pelling Lab. So to give my like comparison, I suppose, I got to start a research journey really early, which I'm super grateful for. I think it's really what ultimately led me to the Pelling Lab. So I got this scholarship coming into university that let me start doing research the summer after high school. And actually, Jessica had that same scholarship, and that's where she started working at the Pelling Lab. And the first lab I went into, which I stayed for for two summers, was it's a neuroscience lab looking at spinal cord injuries overall. And I was really excited about it. I was really excited about the research topic and just being able to do science, which was the coolest thing to 18-year-old Rana. But I didn't really fall in love with it. I gave it a lot of chances, and I think it was just like a mismatch between my personality and the kind of work that was being done. And so the next summer when I was looking for full-time work, I was like, okay, you're going to find somewhere creative, somewhere that you just love as a concept, or else you're not doing research this summer. You're going to do something different. And Andrew agreed to meet with me, and I immediately fell up fell in love with his whole idea of just like creativity driven science he told me about your work actually Nikki I remember specifically um and I loved 
the environment that he promoted and so like I was immediately like I will come here if you take me please take me (laughs) and I do not regret that decision I've met the absolute coolest people I've met the coolest mindsets and it's like restored a love of science in me because it kind of showed me where curiosity and creativity can still play a part in research yeah Andrew was really the best at combining art and creativity with like hard science I was in a similar position to you because I didn't want something that I found to be monotonous, such as like when I was in my um, molecular biology labs in my undergrad, but I also worked in the music neuroscience lab and was missing the wet lab work involving cell culture and like using my hands. So the fact that at our lab we get to have so much control over our experiments, like that freedom is beautiful. So I love the Pelling Lab for those exact reasons. Yeah, that is, that is so on board. I, I feel like a lot of us in the lab have had that experience. Like it, it's truly unlike other labs. And do you find like in research or even just in your undergrad, the like the format they instill on you and the way they force you to learn is like very in a box where they're like, okay, this is a problem. This is the enzyme and we're just going to do this to the enzyme and that's it. So like everything you do is almost very limited to some sort of observable problem. But I find that our lab, like we ask questions that aren't limited by those factors and it makes it so much more fun. Yeah, exactly. Like undergrad gives you the knowledge and understanding of the field, but actually being part of a research lab lets you apply all of that and then inquire about random stuff too. Yes, we just love the lab purely and that's why we're there. (laughs) Just an FYI to our listeners, we are not being held against our will to say these positive things about Andrew. Um, These are genuine feelings that we are feeling. (laughs) But I was talking to Andrew and he said one of his biggest personal goals is seeing us succeed with our careers. Whether it's in academia or in industry, he just wants us to all be amazing. And that conversation honestly almost made me cry. That's so wholesome. Could you ask for a better boss, truly? Like, if that is what gets your boss out of bed in the morning, you're the luckiest person ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Definitely. Is there anything you wanted to do for a while but haven't had the time to, and now that quarantine has afforded you that time, you've actually taken up? Yeah, one thing I've wanted to do for a while is to write my dad's immigration story so that it doesn't ever get lost in our family history. So one hobby that I've taken up is taking the time to write that out with him now so we take a couple of hours every day and just talk through it and I type it out and hopefully maybe one day I'll make it proper and be able to publish it so other people can read it who knows that's so beautiful do you guys speak in Farsi to each other he'll tell the the story he'll tell bits in Farsi bits in English you know whatever language comes to mind first (laughs) yeah is it usually like you speaking to him in English and then he answers you back in Farsi Yeah, unfortunately, I went through a phase like in middle school where I had not so great friends or like a not so diverse environment. So um, I went through a phase of just like really not liking my culture. So I stopped speaking Farsi altogether. And obviously, I try and speak Farsi again now, but the default in the house has become that they speak to me in Farsi and I immediately answer in English. Same thing happened to me. Russians in movies are always bad guys. And so... I avoided speaking it altogether for a really long time, Um, so I feel you. It's so sad that that happens to so many immigrant kids, because, like, we know now how much we appreciate our culture, and, like, I would hate to not have it, but, like, it was genuinely a big source of, like, issue in my life as a child where I really felt out of place because of it. 
Totally, but it makes me happy that now you're documenting this with your dad's story. Can I hear a little synopsis? Yeah, for sure. So my parents are from Iran, and my dad escaped Iran during the revolution. So he literally left the border on horseback with a couple of his friends when he was about my age, so early 20s, which is really scary. And he spent a year in Turkey. He ended up getting on a flight to the United States, and he got on with a fake passport, and he got caught in the New York airport um, for his fake files. So he ended up in immigration jail for a whole year, touring around the U.S. So he went to New York, Boston, Miami, a little bit of a, you know, not the best way to tour the U.S. Um, But he ended up getting out, and then he spent a year in Greece, which is where his flight originated from. And then he eventually got asylum in Canada, where he came over, um, and he went to university. He did computer science, and he's he made a life in Ottawa, and that's where he's been living ever since, after, of course, marrying my mom in Dubai and coming back. I think the story is really entertaining. Um, the people he met and the experiences he had are so cool, and I imagine my scrawny little dad in an orange jumpsuit. But I think what really gets me about the whole story is just the positivity that he keeps throughout it. So as he's telling all of these stories, there's so much injustice towards him and so many things just against him in his life. But he's so positive throughout all of it and doesn't dwell on it at all. And honestly, I think that's a big part of why he was successful. So I'm forever grateful to him for making that journey and for growing up in Canada. What a guy. I love that he can be so positive, even though all those crazy things happened to him and I cannot imagine the amount of injustice he went through. Um, My mom has a similar story leaving Russia at a young age, and hearing all these stories really pushes you to work harder, I think. Like, the fact that we grew up here and never even had to think about what they were thinking of at at our age is the biggest privilege, and it makes me love Canada quite a bit. And I love it. It makes me so happy. Like, I love hearing my friends, like, family immigration stories. I love walking down the street and hearing a bunch of different languages. Like, Canada's truly the best our leaders are doing a really good job right now, like being so comforting and making sure we're taken care of. And like, I I just feel safe in Canada. We're so annoying. Like our lab is the best. Andrew's the best. Canada's the best. (laughs) Just really in love with life right now. (laughs) Honestly. Well, thank you for being such an amazing guest, Rana. I love talking to you as always. Thank you so much for having me on your show Nikki and it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you so this was like doubly productive for me (laughs) stay tuned for our next episode where we talk to Elaine one of our resident artists in the lab and we'll definitely get to chat more about this intersection between art and science thanks for listening to Quarantimes and catch you next time